Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans. This is a part of the Armchair Media Network. The NFL Combine is only a month away, so get ready for overreaction season. It is I, Rob Paul, the Armchair Scout, a.k.a. the fastest man north of Sudbury and west of Winnipeg. And with me, as always, is AJ, best senior bull concert ever, Marchese. Isn't isn't Winnipeg north of Sudbury? I don't know. Today, we're going to do our big 2020 NFL Draft Declaration special, and then we'll talk about what we saw in the 2020 Reese's Senior Bowl game. Let's hit it. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby going out. To Vegas, maybe, looking for a young or a 2-0. Don't draft a running back on the first day. Don't draft a running back on the second day. Maybe draft one on the third. Or don't. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is ten times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sideline. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And, if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. My bookie. Get paid by my bookie. 2020 NFL, do- de- 2020 NFL Draft Declaration Special. 2020NFLDraft.com. Uh, Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> I don't know. Per usual. We're just going to go through... Uh, we'll call them categories today. We're going to go category by category. Talking about... Them. Different players that fit different categories. Guys we're excited about. Guys that surprised us. Guys we wish declared. Guys we wish returned. Things like that. Uh, And then I'll do another ad read. And then we'll talk about the Senior Bowl game and what we saw in the game. Although everyone likes to say the game doesn't matter, which is true. It does. I don't know. Seeing Bradley Anaya and Josh Uche Mm -hmm. also have great games after a great week of practice makes me feel pretty good or mm-hmm. seeing Anthony Gordon make some pretty awesome throws makes me more interested in him after a poor week so I mean it does matter to some extent not about changing grades or anything but sending you back to the tape 
I feel like you just uh, surmised the whole show, Rob. Do we even have to do it now? That was the show. Uh, enjoy the <laughs> Grammys tonight, folks. <laughs> yeah, quick hitter. So we, can, yo, our faces are gonna get melted off by Aerosmith tonight. That's my prediction. Feet live Tyler because she's got that nine one one Lone Star quote now. Yeah, they're getting the nine one one bump. <laughs> um, I heard the whole nine one one Lone Star crew is gonna be at the game. Rob Lowe is just by game I mean Grammys. No, no, it's a game. Is Rob Lowe just gonna wear like a Grammy hat? He should. <laughs> Rob Lowe's my king. Okay. Yeah. Let's get let's move on from that. Although great, great show. Uh, okay. Let's talk about the pleasant surprises from the twenty twenty NFL draft declaration. AJ. Uh, <laughs> thank you for addressing me formally, Robert. I will say my first two pleasant surprises, which we're only surprised because we weren't sure if they're coming out. I went with the uh, the Iowa Twins of AJ Japanese and Tristan Morris. I don't know. I, this is no, no, no. That's fair. I've got them somewhere else, but similar thought process. I feel like yeah, we're gonna we're just gonna let's just let's shoot the shit here. You know, let's do well, this informally. They're they're Next. two they're two of our favorite prospects. I would say for both Absolutely. of us. And like I said, there was a long rumor that. The potential to go back to Iowa. So when they came out, I'm like, oh, it's a nice little surprise. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's interesting because I think, at least for me, mm-hmm. they're going to both probably end up top 10 on my board because I am so high on both of them. Mm-hmm. But I also wouldn't be surprised if both fell out of the top 10 picks. And Agreed. that kind of, as we get closer to the draft, that kind of has felt more and more put like had more and more potential to happen and i think that's part of why maybe they there was rumors they would return mm. and like the more mock traps you see especially Eponiza, he's sliding down to those low teens now yeah he's getting to like the falcons at 16 which i yeah. mean if that happens tom St- uh dimitrov should run to the podium absolutely um uh, and then with worse we're seeing um some people also talking about him maybe not being a tackle which yeah. would I feel like automatically, if the NFL views you as a guard, you fall a little bit, a little bit more. For sure. And then the depth of the tackle class in general could also hurt. Uh, obviously, Becton, Wills, Thomas, those guys. Although it's funny, as we've hit draft season, the rumors the NFL doesn't view Thomas mm-hmm. as highly as the media. Yeah, it's draft season, baby. This is what we're going to just keep hearing. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Wills and Becton are the first two tackles off the board. Uh, at this point, me neither um, at all. And if you told me that a month ago, I would have been like, no, no fucking way. I, Wills, I, yeah, I just, I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I would say, yeah, I could see it with Wills, not so much back then. Um, and but then, yeah, like, I would approach. Yeah, like I would assume Worfs or uh, Thomas would have been one of the first two for sure. Right? Well, that's the thing. For me, um, mm-hmm. Thomas is my third tackle, and I thought I was going to be lower on him hmm. than the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I was gonna, thought I was going to be higher on Worfs. Worfs my number one tackle still. And, uh, but I, I, it seems as if the NFL views Wills one, and I wouldn't be surprised if they view Becton too. Right now, I think that's uh, that's the way she goes, man. I think there's just questions in general with Worfs about uh, the the classic questions: arm length and overall athleticism. Mm-hmm. But I think his athleticism is underrated. I'm gonna probably end up. Standing for Worfs. Uh, and, and Eponisa, for that matter. Um, between the two of them, who do you think could help themselves more at the combine? I think Worfs is actually going to test pretty well. I think so. Because like, like, Eponisa is like, he's going to look body beautiful probably. He's going to weigh really well, but not test like I th- crazy. Yeah, like he's going to... He's, 
He reminds me so much of Cam Jordan, where it's like he's gonna come in, he's gonna be six four, he's gonna be mm-hmm. like two eighty five, he's gonna be well built, but he's not gonna be like his three cone's not gonna be amazing or anything. Yeah. Um, his like ten yard split will be fine, but not anything to write home about. Versus See, like, Worfs, yeah. I think yeah. Worfs is gonna come in, challenge for the best bench. Not that that really matters, but mm-hmm. I mean that does create some buzz, mm-hmm. and then. Um, I think he moves quite well for a 320-pound man. And, uh, uh, like, again, of the top tackles, I wouldn't be surprised to see him test the best. I agree. With, I think, like, I think his uh, athleticism is underrated, and I, th- I think I agree to the point. Quickly going back to Epineza, though, um, you mentioned, like, his cone's not going to look good. He's not going to – the split's not going to be great. I, I hope he, he jumps really well and shows off some uh, some of that lower body explosiveness. I think that, that's true. That wouldn't, cool. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, me neither. But, no. like, I don't think he's running a sub-7-3 cone. Uh, yeah, no. Um, Agreed. But I bet but we, Clavon Chazon does. Yeah. But, we're, your... sorry, we'll save that for the NFL Combine pod special. <laughs> yeah, we're going to guess everyone's testing for every uh, test. Yes. <laughs> Not. Uh, who's oh. your pleasant surprise, Rob? Uh, I, I wrote a couple down. Um, I'll start. You went with two teammates, so I'll go with two teammates. Uh, the LSU teammates, uh, tight end Thaddeus Moss and linebacker Patrick Queen. I have Patrick Queen later, so let's do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, should I spoil where I have him? It's a pretty easy one. Sure. He was my, my top biggest money move. Ooh. Yeah, because... Uh, I mean, he had that dominant uh, stretch run, especially in the national championship game. The, uh, the linebacker class is weak. We see him going first rounds. I think he's gonna—he just made himself a lot of money. Yeah, you—you you have a hard time arguing he's not a clear top three linebacker in this class. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Simmons, Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray. Those yep. are, I think, are clearly the three guys. Then after that, it gets really murky. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm happy Queen declared because again, linebacker class not that strong. Nice to get another. Uh, potential first round guy in there his athleticism and aggressiveness are awesome the the like just the exact type yeah. of the linebacker you love especially in today's game yeah and then you mentioned the stretch has like he had his best games in like the, the big sec ones. championship in the college football semifinal and championship absolutely and uh i i was unsure if he would declare just because the hype kind of came a little bit later Obviously, we ended up seeing a lot of the LSU guys declare. Yeah, yeah. The vast majority of guys with um, kind of any draft type declared. Mm-hmm. So I, I was pretty excited he declared. And then Thaddeus Moss was a, a little bit more of a surprise because personally, I hadn't watched the tape yet on him. Mm-hmm. And then he declared and I got to it. And I didn't like when you watch an LSU game live, there's so many guys making plays. Yeah. And like, obviously, like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson are really standing out. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, and of course Joe Burrow and Thaddeus Moss I don't want to say he's an afterthought but you don't really think of him the same way you're thinking of those other guys so I get to his tape and it's weird because he's 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 kind of he's built weird he's 6'3 230-ish he's plays in line he plays out wide he plays in the slot he's playing all over the place Um, but I think I I, I was shocked at how although he's not a great athlete Mm -hmm. he's got really clean feet and he runs yeah. really crisp routes and yeah. he does a really good job of finding holes in zones um, he's savvy yeah he's a savvy tight end and I think the biggest shock for me was how willing he is as a blocker just because when you see a tight end that small you're like this guy's probably not much of a blocker he's 
this uh, Evan Ingram type of like big slot type of tight end, mm-hmm. and then he he's just throwing his body everywhere. So I was very pleased watching him, and then I was that just automatically like I was surprised he declared, and then after watching him, I was pleasantly surprised. Those are good picks, Rob. Because yeah, again, I was surprised that he declared too. Who else also, do you uh, have? Yeah. I also put Cole Komet down just because we didn't think he was going to declare, and then he did. Yeah. And, like he's my tight end one. I think he's probably going to be most people's tight end ones. R- Rob. Um, Spoiler alert: He would be, hes my second choice for biggest money move. <laughs> Smart man, like he could definitely sneak in the back end. Of, although, as the draft approaches, and we talked about this on the Senior Bowl show, the, yeah. the tight end group is deeper than we thought. Yeah. Um, but he's clearly the only guy with, I think, the potential to be a first round pick. I right now, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And again, um, that—that's huge. Just capitalizing off that, uh, like, yeah, you're right, deeper, but not top heavy at all class for the tight ends and again we didn't think he was going to come out so and i got i, I got two more i'm gonna hit you with quick um auburn corner noah i shouldn't have put him because i can't say his last name Igbonagin. noah rob, i is what we call him rob i can't believe you did this you hit all three of my biggest money moves <laughs> that's yeah, so weird i'm a money maker okay well, <laughs> i thought remember when he declared and i was like i like this guy there's something here he's really yeah. he moves really well he's twitch and then all of a sudden mel kuyper mocked him in the first round of a mock draft i mean take it with a grain of salt but it's still big for him right yeah well that i was just shocked yeah and, no, me too. uh I, I think he's now i don't think he's a first round corner especially in this class but yeah um i think he's gonna i think he's gonna test really well yes and uh I think he's an interesting day two option. And then I also put Ross uh, Blacklock, the defensive tackle from TCU, because he's a guy who I heard some some people, uh, some draft Twitter folk who I trust talking mm-hmm. him up. So I got to his tape, uh, and I really liked what I saw. And then he declared, and I was like, oh, good, because it's – after the top three guys, it's pretty wide open on the interior yeah. defensive line. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's a guy who reminds me of Javon Hargrave where he's – He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's really athletic. But he played like a nose uh, spot at TCU, and he did it well. And uh, I think he's a guy who could really shoot up the board. Well, Daniel Jeremiah's last mock had him in the I was first about round. To say that yeah. there were some interesting things on DJs, and you know DJ talks to the NFL, so you, yeah. you have to. Unlike some of the things you'll see on Mel Kuyper's. <laughs> you you like would be like well maybe the NFL just views him differently because remember LJ Collier wasn't supposed to be a first round pick DJ started talking about him being a first round pick he ended up being a first round pick and Blacklock and uh, Collier are gonna be teammates next year hell yeah okay biggest surprise overall uh, not necessarily pleasant just surprised they declared in general I okay my I went reverse my biggest surprise was that Moses didn't come out and the whole ordeal oh that's of him. good I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure how to play it, but that, that to me was like the, I mean, the first of all, the weirdest part of the declaration season, him declaring and then the lawyer thing and then not declaring. And then he's like, we're going to wait till the 20th. And then he didn't. He just said, yeah, I'm coming back. So, so that was pretty shocking. And again, we talk about the, the, the weakness of this uh, linebacker class, and I, I think he could have easily capitalized on that and probably won in the first round. And with the injury. Oh, issues, he, 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 would, he would have gone in the first round. He would have been a top 20 pick. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, obviously with the injury stuff, going back to school is a bit of a risk. And, like, when you when you know you're going to be a first-round pick, come out. Uh, so that that was my biggest surprise. Yeah, Nick Saban tricked him. It's fine. So he did trick him. But, I think Saban uh, tricked all the LSU guys to, into declaring, too. That's my take. That's a good take. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's a good one here. I put Jake Fromm because I was so adamant that Jake Fromm wouldn't declare. 
Yeah, I, 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 that's, I mean, for sure, I agree. And like, I don't know, but like, I, I agree with you. I was surprised, but what was he gonna gain going back to Georgia? I, right? I totally agree with that. But I know you do. Yeah. My my reason for thinking for sure he was gonna return is just seemed like a guy who cared more about mm-hmm. bringing Georgia a national championship than going in the third round of the NFL draft. Because I mean. Yeah. Although maybe he's really buying into that early on first round hype he had. Like okay, at this point in time, I wouldn't be shocked if Jake Fromm went in the second. I don't know because that Ryan, Ryan Ryan Finley went in the fourth round. If Ryan Finley can go in the fourth round, Jake yeah. Fromm can go in the second round. Absolutely, that's that's well put. That's perfectly put. I also put Jacob Eason here because I didn't think he'd declare because it kind of quieted down as yeah. we got to mm-hmm. the midpoint of Washington season. And he ended up the back half of his year was pretty disappointing. And I figured he'd return, get another year in that uh, with that team. Obviously, that was uh, Peterson. Obviously, stepped down. They fired their yeah. OC. A lot of change ended up happening. So, yeah. in hindsight, less less surprised that he declared. But yeah. um, like Jacob Eason's stock is all over the place in my mind. Like he could go second round. He could also go fourth round. I I don't know because yeah. you're just drafting. You're essentially just drafting an arm and hoping you can develop it over a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, I, I, both of those guys, I wouldn't feel comfortable spending a day two pick on. I don't think just because I, I, I mean, unless I really trusted my staff to develop a quarterback mm-hmm. like Jacob Eason, although again, really toolsy. Like, is he Christian Hackenberg? <laughs> is he, he Cardale Jones? Like, you know what I mean? Is limited. I've- there's limited. Yeah. Um, he's played in limited games. Yeah, he's got this huge arm, but he's never shown any consistency, especially with ball placement and decision making. And with obviously other side of it with Jake Fromm, it's like the opposite. He doesn't have very many tools, but he's really smart with that. But obviously, mm-hmm. that gives you a, a low. One guy's a high ceiling, really low floor. The other guy's a high floor, really low ceiling. So and I don't. Sure. I don't want to like. Not, I don't think I can develop either of those into a franchise QB. And in today's NFL, although we've seen scenarios where if you surround a guy with the right stuff, it can work out. In the long run, it's just I don't. That's not how you win a Super Bowl. Uh, agree. Let me say two things though. Um, I don't want to say I wish Eason returned because you mentioned all the turnover at Washington. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's tough, but I wish he got the chance to do the Senior Bowl because I think that would have been really, really huge for him. Just the coaches and the scouts seeing him there in Mobile and it, it sucks that he doesn't get that chance and like you said it stops that, all over it's, 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 it's like he didn't graduate so it's not Senior Bowl's fault he wasn't there no oh, I'm not bl- no, no no I'm not blaming the Senior Bowl I'm, I'm saying I wish he could go like have that another year and go to the Senior Bowl but I don't blame yeah. him for not staying in Washington second point I think I'd be okay with uh, pretty comfortable taking Easton in the third round yeah, but at the same time do you really like how frequent, frequently do we see a guy with th- this type of prospect makeup go, let's say, the third round and, and pan actually out. pan out into something? And I know every year we uh, we like we talk about like I'll probably end up having a Jacob Easton in my top one hundred, but at the same time, if I was a GM, like I don't think the chances of it actually panning out are all that high. We've yeah, just seen not. it time after time. Like, look at the quarterbacks who do go day two or day three, 
and end up becoming starters, they are closer to the Jake Fromms of the world than they are to the Jacob Eason's. Like, obviously, Andy Dalton's a good example of that. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins is a good example of that. Dak Prescott, but it's still Dak Prescott's such a better athlete than these guys. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Jacob Eason just doesn't check the same boxes as the day two guys, day three guys that end up working out. No, uh, I, I I agree with you. I just feel like it's risky to spend a day two pick, especially, again, scenario, situation matters a lot. So it's very dependent. It's hard to just stay a blanket statement for the entire league because mm-hmm. it's so different from team to team. Who is, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to ask a stupid uh, question. Don't worry. <laughs> no, tell me. Ask me. Okay. No, it's like it's an easy answer. Who would you have rather taken in the third round, Will Greer or Jacob Eason? Neither. Jacob Eason, obviously. <laughs> but again, Will, Will Greer's kind of closer to the Jake Fromm, so sure. by the argument I just made, maybe I do want to take <laughs> Although, obviously, we were much lower on Will Greer than where he went. Yeah. Uh, a couple more surprises for me. Antoine Winfield Jr., just because we talked about how he had applied already for that extra year of eligibility, and yeah. I thought that was kind of showing that he wasn't going to return. Turns out he yeah. just uh, likes to get ahead of the game in case. Uh, and... A bunch of the running backs, and Kendrick Rogers surprised me. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. I, I, I almost forgot about that one. I agree with that. Uh, do you have anybody else here? Uh, no, you actually hit mine. And Moses was my Ooh. main one. Oh, okay. Is that, is that uh, training you, again? <laughs> yeah, it's a train. Sick. Well, it's nothing I can do. They, they come at random times. Oh, and I wasn't being sarcastic. I actually time. love it. I love when the train comes by. Okay, who do you wish uh, returned instead of turning pro? I, I okay. I'll give you okay. I'll give you one selfish one, and I'll give you one that uh, I think just he could have capitalized. Okay, I'll go. I don't know why I'm explaining these. I'll go with a low key like Nick Coe. I, I feel like if Nick Coe went back, he could like help himself because he would have been the only guy on that line. You know what I mean? And we referenced Nick did Coe. the big name. Yeah, exactly. We referenced Nick Coe where he's got the big name. And he weird summer mocks they had him in the first round and stuff like that just didn't really make sense to me for him to uh, to declare um, and selfishly Donovan Peoples-Jones because I, I'm a Michigan fan so I'd like to see him there again and hopefully get him the goddamn football but um, a little unselfishly I'm not sure where he's going to go um, I've, I know we've seen people have him in the second round and stuff like that when he blows I'm, up the combine he's going to go on day three and then guys like or sorry, day, sorry, third round. And yeah. guy, a guy like Van Jefferson's going to go on day three and be way better. That That's might happen. And, yeah, that would be good for Donald Peoples-Jones. But I, I think, like, selfishly, come back to Michigan, get the ball. But <laughs> even unselfishly, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what, what ends up with him. Uh, okay, I have a pair of DBs mm-hmm. from uh, schools that create tough defensive players. Uh, first, Javelin Guidry, the Utah DB. I liked him a lot over the summer. Yeah, I thought he had a solid year for the Utes. Yeah, but he's kind of overshadowed by a lot of the other guys. Yeah. obviously Jalen Jalen Johnson, uh, Terrell Bridges. Bridges. Uh, 
he's better than Julian Blackman, but Julian Blackman's I, I feel like the bigger name. Yes. And I thought if Gidry went back, he could have been the guy in the secondary, similar to what you said about Nick Coe. Just yeah. a guy who's playing in a position group with a bunch of other NFL talent. And Overshadows. Go back, yeah, you just want him to go back and be the dude. No, it's a good one. Because I like Gidry's potential as a nickel. Uh, and then Temple corner Harrison Hand. Mm-hmm. He kind of fits the mold of the Temple tough corner. Yeah. Um, I think he's a, a cover two press guy. And... It's just it's a kind of kind of a deep corner class, and a lot of the day three guys kind of fit the same cover two press mold. We saw a lot of them at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, and although I like Hand, I would have loved for him to go back for his senior year, been like again the guy in the secondary. I and like that. You yeah. use that momentum at the Senior Bowl. Um, Agreed. I like that. I think it could have really helped him stuff and up his stock if he went back to Tampa. Also, I feel like especially when we look at guys we wish we returned, we're generally thinking about them in terms of we wish we could see them at the senior bowl right yeah or or they just needed another big year or just needed more tape yeah one of those three right because i think a guy who would have been a killer at the senior bowl would have been and this is why i wish you partially wished you would have returned and the depth of the receiver class uh oregon state's isaiah hodgins that's an interesting one like it hodgins I like yeah go ahead I, I like him a lot yeah but it's just such a clouded receiver class um it's a lot I of guys yeah, I think he's a. I love a good route runner, a guy with a, a repertoire of releases, which he does have, and and he's got some size to him too. Mm-hmm. But he just gets overshadowed in this class, and then like especially coming again coming out of the Senior Bowl, we're seeing guys like Van Jefferson, KJ Hill just dominate his route runners, and it's kind of overshadows a guy like Hodgins, and he put up huge numbers for Oregon State, and they're losing Jake Lawton, and, and I yeah. get why you declare, but yeah. like he's probably gonna go in like the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Yeah. No, I think I like I, I totally agree with both sides of your argument there. <laughs> kind of arguing against yourself. <laughs> There's a lot of pros and a couple of cons. Agreed. And I also threw Isaiah Wilson down, similar again to your Nick Coe and mm. uh, my Gidry argument. Just be the guy on in, in your position group, obviously. Yeah. And, and Andrew Thomas kind of overshadowed how good Isaiah Wilson was at right tackle yeah. for Georgia this year. And uh, it's a really deep class. Although next year's class are really looking really deep as well. That's true. Um, he, he's just a big old mauler, and I feel like we've already got a couple of those in this class that are at the top, but Jedrick Wills and Mackay Beckton. That's, that's a good point, so. yeah. No, that's a good point. Uh, who do you wish declared? Uh, okay, I don't know where to... Okay, let, There's let's... a lot of guys. It was, it was a, a, a lot of talent decided to go back this year. It's true. Okay, uh, start with one we, I'm sure we'll both have. We'll probably have all, all the same guys, actually. Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. Would have been the first center off the board if he declared. So... Yeah. Would have been the first interior O-line off the board for yeah. sure. And uh, he just felt like such a safe back into the first-round guy who'd plug and play immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, we're coming off the Senior Bowl where we saw Nick Harris struggle. Obviously, yeah. we saw Lloyd Cushenberry and Matt Hennessy have great weeks. But, mm-hmm. the, like, Cushenberry could sink in the first round. We've talked about that, the potential of that happening. But, like, Biotish is kind of... Stocked down. Like, a, I'll say, yeah, stocked down. Like, he hasn't fallen off. Like, no. I still think he's a plug-and-play center. I just don't know if I would take him in the first round. I don't think he's going to test that well. Creed Humphrey just felt like the perfect t- first back in the first round plug and play Travis Frederick style draft pick. Yeah, and uh, exactly, and like even we would have been talking less about Cushenberry going in the first if we knew we had a first round lock at center and interior offensive line position, right? In Humphrey. Yes, yes. Uh, I also put Dylan Moses down. We already talked about him. Yeah, um, just he would have been a top twenty pick and just. Really, he's such a talented, both 
IQ and aggressive. Like, he's the perfect Alabama linebacker. Mm-hmm. He's CJ Mosley, like. Yep. Um, well, I'll train, I, you know what? I'll go with Pat Fryermuth, who, again. Ooh, I, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because, like, like he, I mean, the baby Gronk hype. His hype got pretty big there at the end of the season. And we talked about Komet's uh, decision to declare, which is going to pay off huge for him, we both assume. And there were, I, I think if Fryermuth declared, he had a shot to be the first tight end off the board. Yeah, and for sure. It would have been a fun battle between those two. It would have. And I, like... I think him declaring. I know he's he was only what redshirt sophomore, wasn't he? Well, he was. He's technically a true sophomore. Remember? Oh right. But he did, he had that extra year of high school, so it made him eligible still. It was right. Weird. Right. Yeah. Fuck. I forgot about that. That was weird, and um, that's why I was confused. <laughs> like, so I get like he's only been there for two years, but uh, still, I think it would have been a good choice to come. Oh. Uh, I'll stick in the Big Ten with my guy Sean Wade at Ohio State. Yeah. I think Sean Wade would have just gotten moved up board. Uh, the, he he had consistently moved up the board through the season. Yeah. And I think he he could have potentially been top, even I'll even say top twenty pick because Ooh. I think the corner class is really uh, cloudy after after uh, Okuda. Okuda. Yeah, for sure. And like uh, I I uh, like Christian Fulton stocks a little down right now. Yeah. Trevon Diggs stocks a little down right now. Yeah. Um, and, and really after Okuda, it's it's like those guys, C.J. Henderson, Jeff Gladney, and they all have their, I guess, their faults. But I, they, I, just, yeah. I really, like, Sean Wade was maybe my favorite corner in the class outside of Jeff Okuda. Yeah. And now I'm a biased Ohio State fan, but like, he just, he reminded me a lot of Denzel Ward. And he spent the whole year playing nickel, so it's kind of exciting he's going back and he's spent the whole year playing outside number one corner Okuda's spot now. And, and just knowing next year, like, we've got this stud corner who, who can play all over. But I was kind of sad that he went back. Let me, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like, let me say this though, like you said, potential top twenty pick, probably would have been a first round pick, guaranteed top forty pick, right? Going back to Ohio State though, he could he could be just, a top ten pick. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, it makes so much sense that he went back. Like I'm not, like when I say I wish they they declared it's selfish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense that he didn't. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Wilson, I also was, put down. That was my next one. Yeah. Yeah, like, he he would have been firmly top four interior defensive lineman with yeah. uh, Derek Brown, um, Javon Kinlaw, Neville Gallimore. Yeah. And um, I'm excited that he went back, though, because he obviously got hurt mm-hmm. at the end of the year. And he didn't have the same kind of hype because his team was not nearly as good as those other three guys' teams. Well, not that South Carolina's good, but, like, they played in the SEC. SEC, so they're talking yeah. about more. Yeah. Um, and now Marvin Wilson gets to be the number one dude and like potentially be at the Senior Bowl and that. So that's I, fun. Is is Marvin Wilson IDL one right now for next year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was I just worried if I was blanking on someone. I, unless I'm blanking on someone, I we might I both say. be blanking on someone. But <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, I also 100% put, agree. I also put Devonta Smith here, but as yeah. we talked about the receiver class and we saw the Senior Bowl and all that. It makes me like kind of glad he went back to be him and Tylen Wallace will be the dudes next year mm-hmm. as the senior receivers. So I'm kind of happy in retrospect that he did go back. Stay, staying at Alabama, I put Alex Leatherwood's name. See, I feel like he would have ended up OT six. Yeah, I, I, like I, mean, I had a harder time coming like he back into the first round at, and, and the turn at the NFL didn't like him as much apparently and mm-hmm. so I'm kind of glad he went back just we have a nice senior offensive tackle to look at next year. It, it, yeah, it's kind of like the the Wade thing where um he 
like he's gonna go higher next year probably because of his strong year this uh, next year. Well, he but. might like with with. I think Wade was a more surefire first round pick than Leatherwood. Would have uh, no, I agreed. But like, yeah, like you said, like worse probably mid second round for Leatherwood. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, like you said, strong OT class and next year looks strong too, which kind of sucks for him. But yeah, so let's see. Sue well, we can't wait. Uh, that's it for me there. Me too. Else? No, that's all fine. right. Who who are you glad they returned? I've got a massive list, so I won't go too in depth on them. Uh, glad they returned, or where is it? Do we? AJ do? just did. AJ just not prep for the show. We talked about this two times today, AJ. Oh, sorry, I just have the about it. Yeah, no, no, I got it. Uh, here we go. My my, <laughs> I put it at the bottom, so I, I it fucked me up. <laughs> I uh, number one for me, Paulson Adiba. Just because yeah. his his stock kind of just tanked all year. We talked about him in the summer as a potential potential corner one before Okuda kind of emerged. But uh, his stock tanked, and I think going back to Stanford, they can't be as bad as they were last year, could they? But he's going to only uh, help himself and get got the chance to be a first-round pick next year, which he wouldn't have been this year. Uh, I already I, – I have him as well, but I already mentioned Tylen Wallace. Yeah. Um, because obviously he hurt his knee. Yeah. Uh, he gets to go back. And be maybe him and him and Devonta Smith get to battle that for the top senior receiver. I think yeah. both could have been back into the first round, although it's a really deep class, so maybe they wouldn't have ended up there. Um, so I'm pretty happy he went back. Mm-hmm. Um, I also put another receiver, Sage Surratt. I'm glad he went back. I like Sage Surratt a lot. I had him pretty high, but redshirt sophomore. You never know. Big yeah. athletic dude gives us like a, a big power forward type to watch uh, for Wake. For sure. Uh, anyone else? Oh, I got like 10 dudes. Go, go, go. Do you have anyone else? Oh, okay. Trey Smith, because I love Trey Smith, and I think him going back hopefully prove the blood clot thing yeah. isn't something they need to worry about anymore, and he ends up going the first round. He's just an absolute mauler. I think he could have been the best guard in the draft. I think he, he would have been my highest-rated guard. Um, also, Boogie Basham, also returning to Wake. Mm-hmm. He, inside-out, edge who is probably going to be a top-20 prospect heading into next season. Uh, Screams senior bowl dominance with his abilities. I also put... Do you just feel Basham would have kind of got lost on the shuffle a little bit this year? Yeah, because he's not a guy who's going to test all that well, and he doesn't have the advantages of the Jonathan Grenards and and the Bradley Anais and Josh like the guys who are at the senior bowl dominating, reminding everyone. So I think he would have been... Probably a third roundish type guy, maybe. Yeah. Again, yeah, I don't think he would have tested all that well, but now he he go be uh, just a f- freaking force for Wake. Yeah. Plus, I love Wake. Uh, and speaking of Wake, their quarterback who transferred to Georgia, Jamie Newman. I'm glad he returned and transferred. Uh, That's yeah. what I've decided. Just to see him in a more. Although I hate Georgia's offense, seeing him with like playing in the SEC, uh, he he's potentially uh, the. Third best quarterback in the draft next year. Uh, Todd Monken's the OC now too, right? So that's pretty. Yeah, it's cool. really cool. I love Todd Monken. That's maybe maybe Newman got a little inside tip that Todd was taking Monken's that job. Going, yeah. yeah. Todd Monken's one of the, I think the, one of the most underrated offensive minds in football. That's huge uh, for Georgia. I I, I want to see him open that offense up. It could be really fun watching Newman like, and uh, Monken work. Like, remember at first we were kind of sad that he was transferring from Wake because we have our love for Wake. And then it's like he's going to Georgia and it's like, man. But, yeah, you, you mentioned the Monken thing and getting to see him against SEC defense just makes me really excited. He could help himself big time for sure. 
I'm also happy that Patty Fisher returned because <laughs> I feel like he's been in college football forever. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad Charles Snowden returned because so much potential there. Yeah. And then Hamza and Cyril Dean, just because I, I need that like linebacker safety hybrid thing. <laughs> and we got a bunch in this draft, and I yeah. need one next year. No, I like that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> Uh, who who do you think should have returned and transferred? It's a very specific question. I only have one guy here. I only have one guy. Fuck, what if we're the same guy? I went with Cole McDonald. Yeah, we, well, I mean, I thought that's why. You suggested we do this category. I figured that it was just because of Cole McDonald because I didn't really know who else you could put there. I don't know. I thought it would be fun to, to kind of get creative with it. But no, I only put Cole McDonald. And um, maybe following uh, Nick Rilovich to Wazoo is my, uh, my little that tip That would have been here. sick. I think that's why he declared though, because he knew Nick Rolovich was going to lead. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. Um, but oh, imagine wait. him him going to the air, arid, I, so yeah. they run and shoot. Didn't he? But wait, wait, didn't he declare before Mike Lynch? Mike Lynch, wow, Mike Leach took the the. Yeah, that's why I said he had a tip. Oh, he okay. <laughs> He's so well, smart. Well, what? How else would that joke have made sense? Uh, look, I'm hungover and I'm tired. Don't question my jokes. I wasn't okay. questioning your joke. Who's your favorite declaration? Uh, I, I bet you have a lot of low key ones. I went with the the, the highest key one. I, I'm going with Tua. I'm just happy he didn't go back. I'm happy that he's not risking his health. I'm happy he's going to get paid. Uh, he's going to be a top ten pick. That's I, I'm just really glad that he he made this decision. That's why it's my favorite declaration. That's Good fair, board. right? Yeah. Yeah, I put both Iowa guys here. Yeah, I worse because I love them both. Mm-hmm. But my number one favorite declaration is Lynn Bowden. <laughs> I love Lynn Bowden. I love Lynn Bowden more than I love my brother. And uh, <laughs> the way he ended the season in the bowl game is this like one of my favorite bowl game performances of all time. He's one of my favorite seasons of all time. I'm glad he declared because I think it's gonna like um, there, there would never be as much be buzz so- around his name as there is right now, right? Like, he could have gone back to Kentucky and had a thousand yards receiving. Yeah. But I feel like there there would have been less buzz. Exactly, yeah. Right? Because he played quarterback all year. And uh, I'm just really excited for the, like, strange evaluation that is Lynn Bowden. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, like, I don't know. I would love to take him on on day three, early day three even. I love Lynn Bowden. Um, It's going to be interesting. Yeah, like you said, it's going to be so strange. That's just to figure this one out. That's fun. I also put two trench guys, uh, Baylor's James Lynch, because I loved him over the summer, and then he ended up having an amazing year. Now there's first round talk around his name. 13 and a half sacks as a five tech. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and uh, he's just, he, I just love him. Um, and then Natane Muti, the guard from Fresno boy. State. Who yeah. I, who I, yeah, I love Natane Muti. I love small school guards. See, for Dotson, Natane Muti, Robert Hunt. Muti would have been really cool at the senior role, just to be a little selfish here. Yeah, no, he. I think he would have dominated. He reminds me of Mike Ayapati. Ooh, Mike Ayapati. He's sick. Um, but yeah, Muti, obviously injuries going to play a huge role in how high he goes, but mm-hmm. I, th- I think he's a top 100 pick if that's cleared. Uh, biggest money move, You can you just rename your three that I already talked <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, you had all three of mine. Patrick Queen, again, the linebacker class, the, the big run. Cole Komet, because he's probably going to go in the first round. Or, well, not probably, but he might. And your boy Noah Ike, kind of out of nowhere, good athlete, really good athlete, and just a hot end to the season two. Uh, and all three stocks are huge up recently. Okay, my number one is Jordan Love. He had a bad year at Utah State, but he's yeah. taking advantage of quarterback need, and yeah. uh, I don't think he falls out of the first round. 
Um, so I think that's a pretty big money move. It's a money move, and baby. Honestly, returning to Utah State with what was around them there no probably point. wouldn't have like done anything for him. Uh, I'll split Jalen Rager. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite guys who's kind of underrated receiver in a deep class. I think he's going to blaze the combine. It's only going to help him. Also, returning to TCU, what would it have done for him? I've never seen nothing. a guy <laughs> be so much. open and get not, nothing thrown his way or thrown nowhere near him. Yeah. I forget which game it was, but he should have had 200 receiving yards. He had like 30. I'll tell you game. which game it was. It was every game. Yeah, he's one of my, like, he's my, my new Brandon Cooks. Um, oh, that's big for you. I also put Patrick Queen slash Kenneth Murray just because two really athletic, fun yeah. linebackers taking advantage of a, a weak class both could go in the first round. Both probably go in the first round. Yeah, it looks uh, like it, for sure. And Becton and Wills because the hype built late for them, yeah. but it built heavy and strong, and both could end up top 10 picks. Uh, and LSU prospects in general. Yeah, no, that's absolutely. I mean, obviously, with one of the greatest seasons in cultural history that they had, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and they lose Dave Aranda to Baylor. They mm-hmm. lose Joe Brady to the Panthers. Um, they have, yeah, arguably the greatest season in cultural ball history. They're losing their quarterback in Joe Burrow. So get out now because it will never be this good again. It, 100%. It will never be that good. Um, who do you need to dig in on? I kind of went with two two bigger names that I, I just haven't uh, dug in on a lot enough. I know there's a lot of small key, small key low key guys that we can say, but. Uh, I went first. Uh, fuck it, I'll go with uh, Becton first, just because you, you you talked about how much his hype just skyrocketed over the last what is it like month and a half, two months maybe. Um, and he was a guy in the summer. I there was hype, but then I just didn't see it on tape. And then he had a much better year this year. So I just want to get into the eight, uh, the nineteen tape and see how wrong I was. And I also went with Russ Blackwell because it's just. Uh, Another guy, like another late riser here. I know it's not late, but you know, late for us. Um, and I, I don't. Another guy, I just don't know too much about. So those are those are my two. Uh, two guys I really like. Yeah. Uh, okay, for me, it's Illinois Edge Alawale Bedeku, who's <laughs> yeah. a USC transfer. Put up huge numbers for Illinois this year. Haven't really mo- watched anything on him outside of live games. From what I've seen in live games, explosive, athletic, raw pass rusher with lots of upside, but uh, I'd like to dive into him. And and LSU offensive tackle Sadiq Charles, Mm. a guy who, again, haven't dug in on the tape with him, uh, didn't expect him to declare either, to be honest, just because of the depth of the class. Uh, But a guy capitalizing on the LSU run. Um, From what I've seen in-game, lots of raw athletic upside with him. and I'm yeah, just excited to dive in on both those guys. Good picks. Uh, okay, the who's that category. There's a lot of who's that's this I, year. I, I'm just kind of cheating and like putting small, really small school guys. Like, I don't know who Marcus Brown is from Missouri Western. Do you, Rob? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, now it feels so stupid. You're clearly not being sarcastic. Uh, Thomas Newman from Virginia Lynchburg? I put, I put just non-FBS running backs. Yeah, like I, we know Guerrero because big shout out to uh, the biggest Guerrero fan, Matt McCoon, our friend of the show. <laughs> Luckily, thanks to him, we know him. But yeah, but. We've, we've got a Monmouth running back, a Virginia Union running back. Yeah, that's too many running back. No. Uh, and then yeah, and then like I guess non FBS in, in general, like you said, uh, Thomas Newman from Virginia Lynchburg, um, just and, and uh, Marcus Brown from Missouri Western, just kind of like super. Oh, Carlos Strickland from Texas. 
San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, like, there's a couple of receivers I haven't really seen anything on. Um, the, uh, Kyle Davis from FAU yeah, and uh, the, the USF one. What's his name? Uh, Darnell Salmon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good picks. I don't know. Always surprising. I also put both, yeah. put both the punters. See, but, but we, luckily when they uh, declare, we, we figured this out that they're over age. And there's another one I didn't know, though. I, forget, I already forget what it was. Only two punters declared. Wasn't there a th- third one? I don't know. No, not on check. the NFL's official list. Oh, I, I got the, uh, that I emailed the special you. list. Sorry, no big deal. What's the, spe- <laughs> What's the, the special secret punter list? list. You, you have to subscribe to it. Oh, they would email that to you, probably. Yeah, Turk. I, I don't think I knew Michael Turk. You- there's an estate punter. Yeah, Turk and Seaboss. Those are the two I've written down. Okay, maybe I just... I remember Seaboss, maybe I just don't know Turk. (laughs) If you're ready to bet on the Super Bowl and all of the prop bets, you should head to mybookie.ag. You can bet all that you want there. And with the NFL season coming to an end, maybe you want to jump in on some NBA or NHL parlays. Well, MyBookie is the perfect place for that. So... Head to mybookie.ag today and use the promo code CHAIR to activate an offer. That will double your cash. Put in 100, get a bonus 100. Bet everything you can. Godspeed, folks. Head to mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Okay, due to technical difficulties, we have lost AJ for the remainder of this episode, which means you're with Ronnie now, which means... I'm just going to quickly talk about the Senior Bowl game and uh, recap it a little bit. Um, obviously, I mentioned at the top of the show, the game is not nearly as important as the practice. Practice, you get all the one-on-ones. You can really break down what's going on. You can see how crisp a guy's running ability is. You can see a guy get targeted in coverage, see how he reacts to trying to find the ball as DB. You can see pass rush moves. You can see a tackles anchor, all of that good stuff. But the game, it, it, although not super important it's still fun to gauge how a guy performs in a game setting see if they can really put an exclamation on their week see um when the when the bullets are flying although again all-star game so it's not really a true game but it's again nice to see it so uh i'm just gonna go through a couple categories as we do at this show uh and and pick a couple things so uh justin herbert was named the actual mvp of the game my personal mvp is a combination of bradley and i the Utah Edge and Michigan Edge Josh Uche because they're pretty much unblockable for the North. They were all over the South's quarterbacks all game. They forced multiple interceptions. Uh, I think and I had like two or three sacks. Uche had probably a sack and a half. They were giving tackles the business for the South. Um, I know Calvin Throckmorton, Terrence Steele, those guys had issues all game. It was a terrible game from that offensive line. Never really gave Jalen Hurts a true chance. Uh, obviously, Herbert looked good when he was in, but he did a lot better with pressure in his face than a guy like Hurts does. Um, Alex Taylor, another tackle, kind of got abused by those two. Anai's ability with his hands was awesome. He brought out the, the chop club a couple times. He was running inside. He was running outside. He has counter moves. He's a guy who's really had a strong week in, in put it all together especially in the game and a guy who just feels like a safe option on day three he's kind of everson griffin type of edge rusher and uche is just a freaky explosive athlete you're gonna have to figure out where you want to play him in the nfl with the versatility he played all over at michigan but uh 
he he had the exact week he needed. Uh, surprise performance from the game. Not necessarily a surprise, but I thought it was a really, really solid week from him and a, a, just a great game from him. Kansas offensive lineman Hakeem Adeniji. He was quietly one of the best offensive linemen all week. We didn't really talk about him much. I wish we did uh, on the practice recap show because, again, really solid week. A guy who played tackle at Kansas, probably guard in the NFL, lacks some length, but the more we see of him, the more he looks like he could be a starter in the NFL one day. Uh, I, I like him as a left guard. Um, he he's smooth. He's physical, uh, and just he looked quietly really good in the game. Also, Courtney Davis, the Texas A&M receiver. None of the receivers really had a fantastic game by any means. Obviously, they're all rotating in and out, and it's hard to kind of dominate a All Star game in this setting. Uh, obviously, lots of guys had great practice weeks. Davis was a little up and down, had some drops. Day three was his best day by far. Looked really good with his stop start ability, some clean routes. Uh, and in the game, he was just catching everything thrown his way, and I thought he was one of the more consistent uh, playmakers overall in the game. It was a good way to end his week. Uh, a couple underwhelming games. Unfortunately, Nick Harris, who we love at the show, had a bad week of practice, and it didn't get better in the game. Was twice called on holding. His lack of size really showed up in pass protection through the week, and that continued in the game as well. It was just kind of a, a lackluster senior bowl from him overall, and uh, he he might not. We thought he could potentially be the second center off the board. Might be the third center now. Uh, the way Lloyd Cushenberry played all week. Also another underwhelming game. Terrence Steele was a guy who was kind of polarizing through the week. Some people liked uh, him a lot. Some didn't. We we tend both AJ and I tend to like what we saw from him in practice. Um, he just not great feet or anything, but he uses length well and he's he's got some good core strength. Uh, in a solid anchor, but he just, he was one of the tackles who got abused by Nayan Uche. He did not handle uh, inside power very well, and he really struggled with speed on the outside. It was a, a poor way to end his week. Um, a couple guys who put an exclamation on a strong week with their game performance, uh, jo- Justin Herbert, I mean, he had the perfect week. He was supposed to be the best quarterback there, the best prospect there. He was clearly both. Um he came into the game. He didn't really look shook under pressure. Showed some consistency drive to drive. We only got a quarter of him, so it wasn't anything super fantastic. Led an opening touchdown drive. Showed off his mobility. Made some great ball placement throws. It was the exact week he needed to solidify himself as a top 10 pick. And honestly, the closer we get, I wouldn't be surprised if some people end up debating him versus Tua for quarterback two. For me, it, it, it's Burrow, Tua, Herbert. But, again, with just the tools of Herbert and the injury history of Tua, wouldn't be surprised to see some kind of flip-flop that. Uh, Also, Joshua Kelly, uh, great week of practice, looked really good in the game, really smooth, cuts well, explosive, looking more like a mid-day three pick uh, than undrafted guy that I thought he was going to be. Damian Lewis also had a really great game. He sprung a screen touchdown to Michael Piron on the opening drive for the South. Just a massive man who mauls people, but then he ended up looking so good in space, which was something we needed to see from him. His feet looked a lot better. He's looking like a plug-and-play guard, whether that be in the third or fourth round, I'm not sure, but he's just a safe prospect. And then Troy Pride, maybe the best week of any defensive uh, guy in Mobile, or at least the biggest rise of a week, I should say. And he ended up looking, once again, really good in the game, really smooth athletically, had a pick. Uh... 
honestly, I, I he's he's gonna he's gonna go he could go anywhere on day three. Um, the ball skills are kind of the worry again. You get back to the tape, you see all this athleticism and, and how smooth he is, but he struggles to find the ball at times. Can get grabby, but he had the perfect week uh, to kind of reinvigorate his stock. One guy who had a big game after a bad week of practice, I thought, was Washington State's Anthony Gordon. Kind of the perfect way to end his week after a strugglesome week. Um, he made some wowza throws on the move. You could tell he, he has that baseball background with the one touchdown throw he had to Antonio Gandy Golden. And on a different play, uh, uh, the commentators said he should have ran, but I mean, it's an all-star game. No one's there to watch Anthony Gordon run. So I'm glad he, he tried to make an insane throw in the back of the end zone to chase Claypool, who he put it in his hands, but Claypool couldn't manage to get his feet down. Uh, so obviously incomplete, but it was a really impressive throw off-platform. Off and he just kept making these off-platform throws. Um, I, I Someone's going to bet on him. And, he, he I mean, one-year starter in the air raid, it's kind of worrisome. He's not that big, 6'2", 199, I believe, at the Senior Bowl. The arm talent and the off-platform ability, uh, like fourth, fourth, like I, again, Ryan Finley went in the freaking fourth round. Anthony Gordon's much, much better prospect than Ryan Finley, in my mind at least, much more upside. Um, anyway, a prospect who had played the box score, I thought in the game, Trell Burgess, the safety from Utah, pretty solid week. Um, other than Kyle Duggar, no one had a phenomenal week at safety. Jeremy Chin, solid week, but. Burgess looked quite good in coverage in the game. I think he's a nickel in the NFL. I, I, I'm willing to pound the table for him there. Um, really looked good in coverage. Uh, and then quickly, just uh, before I end the show, two guys who flash some. This is AJ's category. AJ's not here to stand it, but flash no finish. Uh, I thought Antonio Gibson had some flashy plays. He didn't really see a great, great like it was a solid week from him. Nothing fantastic. Um, but... He, uh, he caught the ball really well, and he had a couple splashy runs in the game. But, I mean, when you see Darius Anderson and Josh Kelly ripping off huge runs, it was like kind of not enough finish there from Gibson. But you, you saw what he could be. And then uh, a corner I talked about on the Senior Bowl recap practice recap show, Michael Ajamudia, the corner from Iowa. He had a great PBU at one point. He looks really solid in press. I don't think he's got a, like a high, high ceiling or anything, but as a press uh, cover two press corner, I... I like what I see there, and uh, you saw a bit of that uh, in this game. Obviously, not not to the level of some of the other guys. He wasn't as flashy as the other guys, but I like some of the stuff I saw from him. Uh, that's going to do it from Seven Rounds in Heaven. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Hopefully, this episode doesn't just disappear into nothing because AJ doesn't finish finding the file. Uh, but uh, follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow AJ at AJMarquise13, and we'll have another episode later in the week. Thank you.